Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 291, covering The Disease and Course Oblivion with Kevin Lynch. <sighs> Friends, I need my bucket this week. Oh. Man, it's been a while since we've had to roll out the old bucket, which I guess we roll out because it's on wheels. Yeah, last time it was for Bever's uh, grandmother's erotic journals. You talking about Bever fucks a ghost? That classic I episode. Sure am. Flunk, did you did you deliberately show up this week because these are like the two worst voyagers in a row, or is it just a happy accident? I remember specifically the second one is annoying the crap out of me when I watched it the first time, and then uh, happy coincidence, <laughs> I get a Harry Kim episode too. Hooray! The thing is, I'm. I feel like we had a Harry Kim episode early this season because my thought was we got a Harry Kim and a and a Neelix one right in a row at the beginning. I was like, good, those guys are done now. The rest of the season can be good. And I guess they gave him a sec. Yeah, because it was the jokes on you. It was the mullet Harry in the future one. I was like, oh, okay, God, good. I forgot about mullet Harry in the future. Oh, I didn't. I, my thought was, okay, we got that out of the way. Now the rest of the season can focus on the good characters. But then they circled back to Harry again already. I, I'm sorry. I just keep thinking, mullet Harry in the future. <laughs> just reprogram Captain Proton. Yeah, Captain Proton Bill versus Bill Robot Mom. in glorious that. Technicolor. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be so much better than that episode we got. I got to or- get to my laser rifle. Oh, God. I got to save the hot Delaney sister. <laughs> Gotta get that serum through. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll have, have to jump. Have buttons. <laughs> uh, who is who is just out of curiosity? Who is your least favorite Voyager character? Um, Neelix. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It's an easy answer, but it's true. It was a, it was a dead heat for a while, but I think Harry with this episode has has edged him out. Mm-hmm. Plus, they've been showing a lot less of Neelix. Like the last few episodes, I've seen. They always, he just sort of shows up at the midway point, and I go, oh, right, Neelix. Yep, I think we all have that note. I am <laughs> like, glad they oh, stopped yeah. to the, um, uh, what's it called? Um, the cold open being just like Neelix going around annoying people. Mm-hmm. And then the opening credits happened. Yeah, that's that seemed to be how every episode in like season three or four opened. Yeah, th- it was like him, walk, like someone walking down the corridor and him running to catch up with them and annoying them. Yeah. Hey! You don't look like you've you don't look like you've laughed enough recently. I have to hey, fulfill my contractual obligation for the week. <laughs> or as we were talking about when Bob was on, maybe they just hate Ethan Phillips and make him put on the makeup even if he's not in the episode. No, you know what? We're gonna write you a scene. <laughs> they just make him sit really just off camera. Off. It's, it's not yeah. like you guys need me or anything. No, 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 no. You go sit in that makeup chair for five hours. We'll put find something for you to do. <laughs> you get time to lean. Uh. All right, man. I'm just Why picturing don't you... him doing dishes while they put the makeup on him. <laughs> <laughs> Get to work, you little bastard. Oh, man. Pale uh, right, myself Matt. on a fork. Why don't you tell us about the disease? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, so Voyager has taken two weeks out of its busy schedule to help a giant ungrateful ship full of xenophobes get their garbage crap mobile working again. <laughs> 
On the plus side, Harry's banging one of the crew because he's suddenly a rebel who can't be tamed. And he's in love, and he'll listen to music as loud as he wants to, Mom. Everyone on the ship finds out about this almost instantly because, come on, it's Harry. Like, really? And then Harry gets an STD that makes him glow in the dark. I wish I was kidding about this. And the doctor rats him out to Mom, who makes him recite the Starfleet rule for sexual congress with an alien species. Or Jim's Law. Until he's so, so overcome with shame that they break up. Except they can't break up because of how in love they are. And then it turns out that Harry's lady friend is actually a terrorist or something who wants to leave the crap mobile. And then they use a bunch of gross parasites to break the ship into smaller pieces because I guess it's they've just been flying around in Voltron or something? And then Harry's girlfriend leaves him to go look at space, even though they're super in love with each other. But she promises to visit him, him at camp next summer. And then Kate tells Harry that how he's such a brave man now that he's been in Starfleet for five years. And I'm just wondering how the fuck he is still a fucking ensign. Well, it's, you, it's for reasons like this, I guess. If you were wondering, I hated this episode, and it was boring, and I hated it. And a plot point in it was that Harry catches an STD that makes him glow in the dark. Uh, no, if it had been an STD, that would have been funny. What it was was being in love was the disease. Ugh. Like it, it early on, Seven talks about uh, human love is like your your heart rate goes up and your your concentration is is uh, spotty and you you have a hard time breathing, and then he gets most of those symptoms as part of this alien disease, which is basically love the disease. It's terrible. This is so fucking yeah. stupid. It's, it's, they're trying to, to use the, the metaphors, and they're, they're not doing it. Well, you know what? Al, it's not a metaphor if you have actual it. symptoms. No, that's what Amanda calls an actual. Yes. Like, which is a metaphor that is literally the thing that it's supposed <laughs> to be. Yeah, it's... Oh, God. I don't just... Oh. And we talk, we've talked about edgy Harry. Like, oh. we talked about mullet Harry a minute ago, but, like, in the... the uh, the Deadly Games episode. What is it actually called? I don't want to say that phrase again. <laughs> Deadly Games? You know the one I mean. The, the two-part World War II one. I do, but I'm uh, legally obligated to enjoy any Deadly Games reference. So. Uh, so we said it three it's... times. Now Brian's going to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had a very... It, the Killing Game or something like that. It had a very similar title. Um, no, the two-part Nazi episode. Where oh, uh, yeah. Harry didn't go get to have fun with everyone else on the holodeck and was whining the whole time. And the writers were like, oh, good. This is the way into Harry. Oh, man. And, people love it when Harry whines. And so now it's just whiny Harry. I and, just, he's so, uh, I, 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 I really want to hammer this point home. Harry Kim is like 26, 27 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he keeps having these, like, he has this conversation with uh, Janeway in the episode that's just like, I... I always thought you were a better person than this, Harry. Listen, Mom, you can't tell. I'm in love, and you can't tell me what to do anymore. I am a grown-up. Yeah, this is like a conversation more. DJ Tanner should be having. Like, like not yeah, exactly. a grown-up with a job. Like, Honestly, a, we've we've mocked the way he sounds, like the whiny way he sounds, but that whole scene you're talking about, he actually has a super kind of like this. Like, no, we're in love. It's and it's... It's just the thing we exaggerated happening for real. There is nothing that makes me, like, not believe a character is grown-up and adult than him going, I am a grown-up adult and I can do what I want. Stomping his feet. You're in the goddamn military, Harry. Yeah. 
I know Voyager is run like a fucking crapmobile, but like Jesus, I guess crapmobile. <laughs> what is it with is you in the crapmobile this week? <laughs> yeah, crapmobile is the word of the day this week. So I guess. Uh, no, it was like he was super just impetuous and like based entirely around. I slept with a pretty girl. Like that's it. That's that's mm-hmm. the only leg he has to stand on. Just ugh. Ugh. he can't even. <laughs> Do that right, because when he's with his gross dude friend, he's pretending like he's not sleeping with her. Yep. Yeah. Which, like, does Harry even have any close friends other than Tom? I think Tom's the only one, and I mean, he's we've the one he should be confiding in. We've talked about this before. We're pretty sure everyone on the ship hates him because he's the special boy who's somehow, like, the most important dude on on the bridge, even though he's a fucking ensign. Like he's he's like the boss's son, except he's not even that. Yeah. Was he always in that position, or did he just get moved up there after half the crew died? I because like if he was like when they left Deep Space Nine, if he was sitting in the was it the Opsa chair? I think so. Okay, I yeah. No, he was up on. I I mean, I know he was on the bridge, like. He was, but I, and the thing is, they've tr- they're, they're training fucking Tom Paris to be a doctor for Christ's sake. They can train one of the hundred people we don't see very often to do whatever Harry does. Mm-hmm. Like, here's like here's the thing. Basically, just like pr- it, promote him for God's sake. It's mm. really starting to bug me. Uh, I don't care about that. <laughs> like, I just, hardly anyone gets promoted. Like Tuvok got a promotion, but I think that's it. Like, I mm-hmm. just, I just it doesn't happen. It's just, it's the easiest thing in the world. He's just like, God damn it. Yeah. We're going to be watching the Voyager movie 20 years from now and he's just a commander. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, he's this show's Chekhov. Yeah, he's like Chekhov, but I don't, but I don't think this is this funny. No, it's, yeah. Yeah, because Chekhov never got his own episodes, I think is the problem. No. Yeah, he got like one, which I actually kind of liked, and Walter Koenig hated. Mm Mm-hmm. So there was that. But Matt, really, this whole Harry Kim thing is your bad thing, right? Uh, Yeah, like, this is just a 40-minute tale about how much I hate Harry. Like, he mines and mo- he whines and moans and glows in the dark and complains about how he's not the perfect Starfleet officer. And then he disobeys orders and steals a shuttle and has a speech about what love is. And then he gets literally lovesick and refuses to take the cure so that he can just sit and feel sad for a couple of months. Are you 14? Like Yes. Like, yes. seriously. <laughs> He's going to write the thing his is, dead that's journal how they after write this. Yeah. Oh, God. The thing is, that, that is exactly how they write him. They write him, like, uh, uh, like the way they were writing Wesley right before he went off to the Academy. That, yeah, except that, that he's a grown-ass fucking man, for Christ's I know. Sake. That's, yeah. He's a college there was, graduate. There's this thing, Five actually. Five years ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to buzz market another <laughs> podcast for a second here. Uh, there's a, there's a show called, and I, I don't have the name of it in front of me, unfortunately. It's, it basically, they, they present, uh, failed TV pilots as, uh, audio. Oh, uh, uh, dead pilot project. Thank you. And the one that came out this week has John Hodgman play, as a 40 something year old dude playing the 14 year old version of himself. <laughs> oh, and okay. it is delightful. Like that. The premise of the show is it's autobiographical. This is me in the eighties in Massachusetts, but he, you know, fussy 40-year-old John Hodgman plays fussy teenage John Hodgman, and everyone that's else a, is a, cast age-appropriate. It's that's hilarious. adorable. I like that a lot, actually. It, it's fantastic. No, and it, it fits his character, too, because he basically is one of those guys who was born 40, so, mm. you know, it works. But anyway, it, it reminds that reminds me of this. Like, 
Garrett Wong is a 30-year-old dude basically playing a 14-year-old kid. Yeah, it's weird. Well, it except really he's like the, the 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 example he actually is a kid versus this which is Harry Kim is a grown-up. He, like yeah. theoretically he's the same age as Garrett. Well, okay, except Harry is handling adult situations i.e. sex but he's handling them in a way that a super immature teenager would handle them. Mm. Yeah. He's the worst. I changed my answer. Really. Harry's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Neelix was my answer for a long time, but Harry's really, like, giving him a run for his money. I mean, at this point, we know what to expect from Neelix. Yeah. Neelix is the comic up, relief. He's going to sh- show up, be, off- be the awful comic relief, and then leave. He doesn't yeah. have Kess to hit on anymore and be gross around. No. no, well, he's gross in the next episode, so. Mm, that yeah. is true. But, <laughs> yeah, briefly, but yeah. Uh, Flunk, what was your bad thing? Um, yeah, so at the end, everything has to reset to the status quo because, you know, sure. Voyager. Um, but I thought that um, Harry's girlfriend was going to die, but instead uh, they just break up because she wants to explore, and there's absolutely no reason why she couldn't have joined the crew. Yep. Of Starfleet officers who are going around exploring. Yep. No, I Fair had the point. exact same note. It's like, where the fuck are you going? I thought you guys were these beautiful, were had the the most beautiful, perfect love affair that ever there was. Why the fuck are you leaving? Eh, bored. No, I don't want to explore in that direction. I want to explore in this direction. I, I mean, we're going off. She street. literally says, "Like, I want to go back and check out this thing." Well, that's the exact opposite of exploring. Yeah. I want to but... look at stuff I've seen before. Well, also, okay. that that is how Kate runs her ship. Oh, you want to go back and look at a, an interesting thing you saw? Well, we're not in any hurry. Let's go do that. Yeah, it's like we've anywhere to be. Yeah. Um, but I I didn't think about that that she could have stuck with them. But you guys are right. Except, and, and Matt and I have talked about this before. How really, by the time Voyager gets back to Earth, they should have all kinds of people they've picked up, like. Picking up Neelix and Kess in the pilot was kind of like setting a precedent. Like, yeah. you could pick up all kinds of crazy, kooky aliens along the way. But mm. no, just uh, seven and nobody and else. Specifically with this, like, the the whole point is that she's caught up in the deadly danger and has to do a risky thing to, to save the ship. And, like, mm-hmm. she could have died. And then Harry could have been sad about that. And it would have made more sense. No. I will say this. I have been impressed by Voyager not killing off love interests the past couple of episodes. Like, yeah, uh, but what's her face? Uh, Lori Petty. Yeah. Also, which easily also, could have gotten killed off. We were shocked okay. she didn't. I actually was thinking about that episode because this one is kind of a, a good contrast from that one in mm-hmm. that we had a, a single done in one 40 whatever minute episode where someone fell in love and I believed it. Yeah. Whereas here they had exactly the same opportunity and I completely did not believe it. Like I, what's the opposite they of believing they were in love the a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They told us they were in love so much, and they gave each other googly eyes and all that, but I did not. Yeah, we not... got to watch Harry have Skype sex. That's fun. Uh, well, uh, again, that is the perfect 14-year-old relationship. Yeah, but never once did I understand and believe that they were into each other. Like, they didn't give us personality reasons. Like, as far as I know, it was a purely physical attraction and nothing else. Like, mm-hmm. there was nothing about their personalities that showed that they were had similar interests apart from... We both work in space. Yeah. And they just, they didn't. You like, like space? I like space too. 
oh, good. I like looking at space and making scientific observations. We must be in love. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. I did, like, sometimes two actors have chemistry and you buy it, and mm-hmm. sometimes they don't. And this was one of those times. Well, the thing is, like, I th- Flunk, I think this is your good thing. I like the, I like the, yeah. ad, like, uh, I like Harry's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like her. She's got, uh, she's got, like, kind of a cute 60s look to her. Um, she does a good job with just the paper thin character. Um, like I said, she gets really excited about exploring, and which is a really good, uh, character trait for someone who's attracted to a Starfleet officer. Also, um, she has a bizarre accent that I can't Yeah, she's, um, she's from she's South, South Africa. Africa. Yeah. Is that what that, yeah. okay. Which um, I had to look that up. But yeah. The the makeup isn't great in this episode, so like having her like talk different from Harry like kind of adds to like the separation of their cultures. I like that, and I I actually like they they didn't really go into it, which is fine. They didn't need to, but they talked about how like under the serve like their sexual organs are weird, and sex with them is not like it is with humans. And I like mm. that. I like yeah. that while maybe they look like humans, you know, yeah, once you get her pants off, clothes yeah. off, it's gonna take a little work. Uh... Yeah. What's going on down there, Harry's girlfriend? <laughs> I, I always like acknowledgments that okay, maybe we don't have the budget to show exotic alien stuff, but it does like it does exist. Aliens are weird, and they're from different planets, and they evolve differently, and things are not like they are here. I will yeah. also say this: this is the first time I've ever seen an alien race on Star Trek. Who's it, they didn't have a bumpy forehead, but they did have a big bumpy neck. Yeah, she had a tattoo on her back, and I couldn't tell if that was part of the alien design or if she just had a tattoo on her back. I thought that was the the alien design was just like they had like yeah, like, they had yeah, like alien like necks. Yeah, about to crack open. Could be, or but you know, if you saw someone walking around with that now, I'd be like, oh, that's a pretty cool back tattoo. I have seen that. That I will live in Portland. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's hard to tell. <laughs> but yeah, she was. I I liked her. Yeah. Like, despite despite her poor choice in men. <laughs> no, the 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 casting was was fine on this. You know, she did yeah. exactly as good a job as you can with Harry Kim. Okay, pretend you're in love with this. Why? Really? Okay. What, what's what's my motivation? We have no idea. The motivation <laughs> is it says you're in love. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, okay. Yes, I better be in love then. There's plenty of scenes where you say I am in love, so uh-huh. that will convince the audience. Here, let's hear. My... Say this. You don't understand, Mom. Perfect. No, no, he, she doesn't have to say much of that. She does a little of that. But, mm. And actually, that gets into my bad thing. So not only do we get a profoundly stupid Harry-centric episode, like you guys mentioned, but this is also one of those terrible drop-us-into-a-culture-we've-never-heard-of-before where there's a conflict between the conservative, it's always been like this people, and the rebellious, we want things to change faction. Mm-hmm. That can occasionally be interesting, but usually it's boring and tedious. Guess which one this is. Uh-huh. Yeah, once again, they make a big deal out of the fact that Voyager's sticking around to help these guys for, like, two weeks. And all I yep. can think is, that, like, these guys are jerks. Don't help these guys. That guy's a they jerk. Are, I, they're, I, the thing is, and actually, this is my good thing. Like, I mean, I well, I like the look of the ship. Like, it's modular. Yeah. It's it's bits of ship sort of pieced together into a giant, like, train, mm-hmm. which yeah, I like. Ultron. Yeah, uh, kind of. But or, you... Um, co- you what are those transformers? It's made out of little transformers. You like those, Al? Yeah, but it's more than that because you can keep adding. Like eventually, you have enough arms. You don't keep adding arms. I think you should keep adding arms, Al. No, well, that, that's fair. Then you can have an Lion. arm truck. It's basically Lion what to do with Legos. Yeah. Well, you just like make multi arms. Yeah, I just make a bunch Lion of Lego robots. arms and just keep on adding to my to my arm house. Yeah, I got. I, <laughs> I got a star your destroyer. monstrosities. Yes. I got a star destroyer with half an Ecto one sticking out the back end. It looks fucking great. Well, fair enough. Captain America's no. riding it. 
<laughs> wow, put that on a t-shirt with a TARDIS and you will make a million dollars. <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, this week slap Ken Bone on there because that seems to be a thing people like. No. no yeah, you already, yeah, we've already missed it. Over. Oh, damn it. Yeah, sorry. I figured by the time the podcast dropped it would be, but... Uh, oh, well. That's what I get for trying to be relevant. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like, like, it's supposed to be a generation ship, and I like that as their population grows, they add pieces to the to the ship, and I like the look of the ship, and mm-hmm. I like the whole concept of, like, I, I've said this before in, in relation to Voyager, I like the idea of a generation ship. It's a, it's a classic sci-fi idea of space takes a long time to cross, and it might take several generations to get there, and it's a cool idea. When we get into the way their culture works and they're xenophobic and some of them are rebelling, I uh, yeah, I don't fucking care. yeah, like, I didn't hate that plot. Um, I think mostly because it was a relief from the Harry plot. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then I I kind of like the idea of of a generation ship with like you know the the younger kids like rebelling against the older ruling class. Oh yeah, because if they and, launched four hundred years ago, surely there's people now who are like, why why are we still doing? This? Well, then I realized that I basically just wanted to watch Snowpiercer. <laughs> ah, see, I don't know what that is. But... Generation Train. Yeah. Ooh. Well, okay then. That's what this is. But uh, I assume that's done well. Oh yeah, very well. Whereas this was not done well. I no. mean, basically, I basically, we got the prettiest mullety rebel we've ever seen. Yep. That's what she was. Yeah, I'd agree with that. They they were effectively the filthy like you you, you can't tell us what to do. We're gonna rebel. Uh, shut up. And shut then up. The, the, but tradition the, and years oh, of yeah. doing things the same. Shut up. We're gonna do new things. Yeah. And they Every find out because ever. one of them like just randomly ran over to their ship and hung out in Jeffrey's tube. Yeah, like hiding on Voyager behind it, like in a closet. Like, oh, this should be fine. What? I just love how easy it is to f- break into Voyager, apparently. Well, Not Harry stole a shuttle in this, this one. Oh, like, God. Once again, st- stealing shuttles. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, uh, I was going to make a wharf joke, but, you know, no shuttles disappeared under that his That didn't watch. really happen there. It happens That's here all saying. the fucking time, though. But really, on every Starfleet ship and station, you could just take shuttles and runabouts whenever you want, and mm-hmm. they kind of find out after the fact. Like, oh, Harry needs a ship? <laughs> will, will, will one, one be, be enough? enough yeah i hope so because i can only count to one <laughs> uh matt what was your good thing um well harry finally lost his virginity good for him wait we don't know that we don't know, <laughs> we don't know he lost it <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if it counts because they got weird genitals yes yeah. that's true sorry harry <laughs> but also the, seriously we don't know time. if he was a virgin like they wrote him like that but mm. Presumably he was having sex with, uh, what's her name, that girl who didn't understand what was happening in that episode. No, nah, I don't have any proof of that. Libby. That's her. Well, fair enough. I mean, he was living with her. Nah. All right. Harry caught an actual STD in this, like, uh... No, he caught love, Matt. Mm. <laughs> they can call they it that all. They can call it that all they want. He caught Still the love. space clap. <laughs> also... This is a thing I just noticed. Mm. Um, uh, As research, not because I enjoy it. Okay, I kind of enjoy it. I've been watching some old Beverly Hills 90210. Don't you fucking judge me. And um, Um, go ahead and judge me. I'm sorry, That's all I've been doing for the past couple weeks. That's okay. Uh, One of the writers on that show, Kenneth Biller, who also writes for Voyager. So You can never escape it. 
No. So, <laughs> I hope you enjoy your next 90210 dream adventure. Ugh. But I really, this this felt like one of those. Felt like, you can't tell me who to be in love with. Shut up, Just Dylan. <laughs> Wait, is Luke Perry the kid of Hank Hill? Sure, that sounds like something I would watch the crap out of. Okay, that's fine. That boy ain't right. Look, it's a terrible show, but I enjoy like I I enjoy it ironically. I don't know what to tell you. It is it is the mo like it is a parody of itself. It is so ridiculous. I'm not gonna say it's worth watching, but it makes me laugh. Listen, dude, love what you love, but don't expect me to respect you in the morning. Oh no no, I don't like it's it's not about respect. I don't care about that. Anyway, you watch the fucking Rockford Files. What do you know? The Rockford Files is a way better show than 90210. I think I would probably enjoy 90210 more. Oh, man, we are two different people. <laughs> what? I've never seen either. Uh, that's fair. Uh, anything else? Uh, you touched uh, on this a little bit, but like everyone knows that Captain Kirk exists, right? We we there's no rules against having sex with aliens. <laughs> there's no law that says a dog yeah. can't be the president. Through <laughs> the Starfleet Charter, well, I'll allow it. Clap clap. Yeah, this has never come up in any iteration of Star Trek to this point. This no. weird rule about having sex with aliens. Like, what? Now, this I will say with that, a lot of guys. I will say that if you, you're working with a species that's, like, super xenophobic like these guys are, there should be, uh, like, a rule for that. But, like, that makes sense uh, maybe, to me. Maybe just the Prime Directive. Yeah. And uh, the Prime Directive maybe also applies to, well, they're technologically equal, but they also don't want us to interfere, yeah. so we'll just apply that rule but, here, uh, too. If there's one thing I've learned from reading the 50-year voyage now, and uh, I know about Gene's vision, it's that people are fucking having weird sex whenever they want. That's the thing he wanted, that's for sure. Uh-huh. A lot. <laughs> A whole lot. I do I'd like, and we've Gene. talked about this before, there's, there's an implication, or at least not a denial, in the novelization of the motion picture that he and Spock might have hooked up. Yep. That Kirk and Spock might have hooked up. Oh. <laughs> I kind of like that. Basically, that was his nod to the slash fiction of the time. Yeah. It was like, uh, it, it might have happened. We were close. Closer than brothers. Wink, wink. So anyway. I accidentally invented... Closer than my dead brother. I accidentally invented slash fiction. I might as well make a nod to it. Yep. Yeah. And if you'd like oh. to send me a check for inventing slash fiction, yeah, that's, that's Gene Roddenberry certain. at Hollywood, California. <laughs> Pueblo, Colorado. Um, Yeah, I just, like... We've seen a lot of people fuck a lot of aliens, and this has never come up before. No, this is, like, weird. Fucking Janeway's hooked up with aliens. I've seen that happen. Uh, she, she tried with, to. Yeah, she hooked up with weird voice Mick Fabio. Mm, she wanted to, and that didn't happen. Oh, uh, yeah. Not too long ago, she also uh, fell for that other dude who liked playing classical music as he tore their ship apart. Oh, yeah. But so, again, didn't. General Chang. Swing and a miss. Maybe this yeah, is just yeah, a way to it. make sure that Harry doesn't have sex. <laughs> yeah, it turns out there is no rule. They just don't want Harry to uh, do anything. I, I, no, it's, a, it's, it's a local rule for Voyager. Harry yeah. cannot have sex. Harry, the very fact that you're calling it that means you're not ready. <laughs> I had Pop Pop. <laughs> I had Pop Pop in the attic. Uh, also, I was really, like, I was actually on Janeway's side for yelling at him for, like, if nothing else, this makes it diplomatically difficult. Yeah. Like, we, we're we in a very tenuous position with these people. Don't make things complicated. So I get, I get that. Mm. But 
She's yelling at him the whole time. I'm like, yeah, good. Yell at him. And then she apologizes at the end. Like, mm-hmm. come on, don't back down. He deserves that. Yeah. That, that might just be me wanting Harry to get beat up on. But Lately, he's like, I know, because Harry Kim doesn't break the rules. Shut up. Oh, my oh God. God. Shut up. Shut your damn mouth. He turned to the camera and told us how great he was about 80 times. Mm-hmm. Just not good. Ugh. All right. Anything else? Uh, Yeah, I got my quote. Oh, yeah, what's which that? Which is my absolute favorite line in the entire episode. You're glowing. Beg your pardon? Your epidermis luminesced. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> I Seven did have some good stuff. There was actually some good sassy Tuvok in this. Yep. Yeah, there was a little like uh, ship banter, or <laughs> bridge banter, rather, between uh, him and Chakotay. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. I was like that That's... kind of thing. That seems to be the only time I enjoy Chuck is that that just sort of back and forth on the bridge where he's just joking around with people. Yeah, because he seems like a person and not a piece of wood. Well, usually he's just there to like, okay, we need someone to say this line about the shields or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, give it to him. He hasn't said anything yet. And, but there's a there's a bit where uh, Harry's stolen the shuttle and uh, the Delta Flyer comes after him. And at first I thought it was going to be Tom because it's the Delta Flyer and he kind of knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it was Tuvok. And it was all in his tone. But yeah. it was clear, like, Ensign, you're grounded. Oh. Like, <laughs> Delta Flyer to shuttle. Are you on there? Are, are, are you aboard that ship, Mr. Man? Like, <laughs> it, was, it made me laugh. Harry, did you take the car without asking? <laughs> Shuttlecrafts are a privilege, not a right. All right. Anything else? No. Nope. Let's go on to the shittier one. <laughs> okay. Long take it away. All right. So the Voyager races through the Delta Quadrant, presumably towards home, but, you know, this is Voyager. Um, Tom notices a brief blip on his sensors. He bangs the side of his console and nothing happens. Uh, so he makes a note to run a diagnostic before his shift ends. The end. <clears throat> That's it, that huh? it. Executive producer Rick Berman, Jerry Taylor, Michael Pillar. <laughs> the end. Yes. All right. Good work. <laughs> See you, folks. <laughs> hey. All Sorry, right. Your note says light banter. I'm not I didn't Yeah, I probably should have uh, addressed this before we start recording. Um so <laughs> as it turns out light impro- if you're going to make light improvised banter, I demand that you write a script for it. Yes. All right. These talking points. So before that, um we're following the adventures of a ship and it's just like Voyager. Take it to the bank, boys. This one's a Voyager. <laughs> Tom and Blonde are getting married. They've got a new warp engine that'll get them home in about 2 years and the ship is melting. Toe to tip, this one's a Voyager. Uh, the crew is melting too, and uh, once Blana dies, we figured out that this isn't the real Voyager at all. What? It's a, sh- it's a ship full of glam armors, you guys. And their fancy new warp drive doesn't hurt humanoids, but it does hurt skins of evil. So everyone is melting, but Janeway still wants to go home, by which she means Earth. Then Chakotay dies, and she decides she wants to go home, by which she means the demon-class planet. Then she dies. Then everyone else dies. Then the ship dissolves. Then the real Voyager finds them, but they have no idea what the debris field is, and there are no survivors, and nothing we just watched had any effect on anybody. This sucked so hard. You guys know who wrote this one, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Of course. The the savior of Star Trek, Brian Fuller. Yep. This... I mean, look, I, I think he's done a lot more good stuff in the meantime. Oh, yeah. He's written two really terrible episodes of Star Trek that... <laughs> Make me worried about him. It just, I just keep on. Re- this was his first job. Yeah, like he's yeah, gotten a lot better since then. 
I j- he look, certainly it, had opportunities to learn. Yeah. Look, I, I've seen so much good stuff that he's done now, okay? Like... Uh- yeah, same here. I mean, Hannibal wasn't for me, but I know it, it really hit a, a nerve with some people, and I liked all of his the other two shows. other people like, on this call. Doing. Yeah, yeah. No, most people I know, and that's that's great. It, just because it wasn't for me doesn't mean it wasn't good. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's still nine hundred two. A bunch of other shows. Yeah, well, <laughs> what could be really? <laughs> no, he did a lot of shows that I enjoyed as well, mm-hmm. and like he's he's definitely a good writer who seems to know what's going on, but uh, but oh God boy. fucking damn, yeah, like you 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 want to talk about about episodes that don't matter? Like, yeah, actually, that I enjoyed um, watching your journey in in the notes of like how in the beginning, oh yeah, this is great, this is this is a lot of fun. They're oh, they're finally getting married. Good, <laughs> hey. And then you're just like, oh wait, this is dumb. And then you were so mad by the end of it. Uh huh. Yeah. You want to talk about yelling in my notes? Jesus Christ! There's a lot of caps in there. Uh-huh. Just, uh huh. And and honestly, like we talked about this before we started. If it had been that twist, like we got in Year of Hell, where it's like, okay, this was all cool up until that five minutes where it wasn't anymore, mm-hmm. then that would have at least been enjoyable for forty of the forty-five minutes. But yeah, here, but like the twist ending takes half the episode. That's what I'm. No, no, no. It happens at like the fifteen-minute mark. Like oh, most I... of this episode happens after you know nothing matters. Bolana dies at like the fifteen-minute mark. So thirty, the thirty remaining minutes don't matter, and you know nothing counts, and you just don't care. Well, and the other thing too is, is they they set it up with like the you know your standard dumb blow your mind mystery that they have to do, and like yeah. if we just knew from the start that they were just a bunch of goo people walking around, like it would be better. Like we weren't following our people, but at least like we wouldn't have this other stupid distraction that had nothing to do with with anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a fair point. Or if they'd gotten their like uh, time capsule out, and the other ship, like you know, the real Voyager, got to see what they were about, at least we could, it would have some actual impact on yeah. our character. Well, um, oh. actually, my bad thing is is another way I would have fixed the episode. Um, okay, the episode probably would have been better if we just never even saw our guys. But when you see everyone die and the ship fall apart, and then you immediately cut back to our bright and shiny bridge, it really just drives home the point that on Voyager nothing matters. But Matt, this was also your good thing in a weird way, wasn't it? I will say this. There is something I really, I find wonderfully depressing. Sort of in the way that I enjoy watching stuff like BoJack Horseman and Mm -hmm. uh, Breaking Bad, where I love seeing things just fall apart horribly. Um, I do think there's something wonderfully depressing about this crew's last few seconds. Like, I'm just a sucker for a bunch of people who know they're going to die right now. Like, even though they're, they're doppelgangers that don't matter, there's something kind of nicely melancholy about the last few scenes of them all dying, their lives being for nothing, the Voyager never finding out about them, and them just being a weird cloud of disgusting crap floating in space. The thing is, I, I agree with you 100%. We, we both very much enjoy stuff like that when it's done well. Mm. It was not done well here. We knew early on that none of this mattered in terms of the rest of the show. This was a one shot thing Mm -hmm. and none of like I could, I didn't find these characters sympathetic, which I think is the key to that. Yeah. That's especially Janeway was written like so out of character, which I mean, it's not Janeway. So I guess it's not out of character, but we're going to earth. (laughs) No, we're going home. No, I'm dead. Blah. So it turns out we're not the real guys, but our mission has always been go to earth. So that's what we're going to, what? No, no, if you're what? going home, you're going back to the, the fucking demon planet. So you can go also, and rollick over there. 
I hated <laughs> Demon Planet the... F- oh, no, that was good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Is that a reference to the Rollicker? Sure is. Rollicker gonna rollick. <laughs> well, he's a demon, you see. <laughs> no, I, I hated the, the, the term demon class the first time, but I thought we were at least putting it behind us, but nope. No, that's fucking stupid. Also, this is really my bad thing. When that episode ended... These guys knew they were duplicates. They were aware of that. Mm -hmm. And they knew they could only survive on that planet. Yep. Now they have no memory of being duplicates and they can apparently breathe just fine elsewhere. And they don't go anywhere in this episode, but they do mention previous away missions. So we know they've been to other planets. Like that was already a pretty dumb episode, but twisting a bunch of stuff around to prolong the stupid story made it a little worse. Yeah. That's like if if they knew that they were goo men, it would have been better (laughs) because you wouldn't have had to have dumb bullshit like that. And that could have been an interesting, sad, melancholy story, knowing that you're not the real Voyager and pushing on anyway yeah. or whatever. But th- no. Or maybe they're looking for the real Voyager. Like, it, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Why did you make us? Like, maybe Please they have God a weird idea us. that, yeah. Why was I but, born only to feel pain? <laughs> yeah. That that can be a great story. We've seen that in lots of things, but mm-hmm. not not here. Just ugh. And no, the logic. A, d- 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 yeah. There's a way to make this weird and, like, sad and, like, well, that's clearly what yeah, they were trying. Kind of like, to do. yeah, melancholy, depressing. Like the futility of their whole existence is is mm-hmm. there's there's something there. It's just not in yeah. this episode. DS Nine definitely did some episodes like that, where you kind of knew someone was doomed, and you just were kind of fascinated. And I can't remember any specific examples offhand, but we mm-hmm. knew, like, that was going to be a thing. I I kind of got that vibe from Cisco going in the finale, going to the prophets. Like, yeah, they oh, say yeah. he's yeah. coming back, but I kind of felt like he wasn't. And yeah, I kind of like that. But uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, Just, no, there's... Like, the logic of all this did not make any... Like, So the Doctor is also a goo duplicate, even though yeah, he's supposed because to be made of light? His... No, the, the okay. Doctor isn't, but his hollow projectors and his program are goo duplicates. I, 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 I want to get this straight in my head, okay? Because God knows the episode didn't spend a whole lot of time explaining it. Ah, um, that's fine. I hate it when they exp- over-explain. Yeah, but they so... under-explained it. So uh, basically, the, the 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 slime people that got left behind on the demon planet built their own Voyager out of slime, and then flew away to go on a space mission, and then forgot they were from the slime planet. Yep. Yes. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sure is. But also, they built a self-aware hologram out of I don't know hair. Like. <laughs> What did they Stuff build they this had fu- lying around. What did they build this functioning flying fucking space? It, it's made this. The ship is made out of jam. How is it fucking flying <laughs> through space? What the fuck is going on? So like, what you're what, what you're saying, demon- Matt? What you're we- saying is it's a space jam. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the <Okay>. jam. <laughs> Come on and slam. No, fucking like we saw the demon planet. There's nothing there to build anything out of. It's made out of rocks and fire. And and that goo, that yeah. that weird gel or whatever that mimics other things. Like, what the fuck is happening? I don't know. And Ooh, also, wish, didn't they have a I, weird I like green? This episode had a neck that I could punch. <laughs> <laughs> didn't they have like a weird green glow? Also, like, weren't they very clearly visually distinctive from? Yes, probably. Our guys? Yeah, that's I remember that. My they, good they thing is like sort the, of related to that. Um, okay. When they're melting and their makeup glows in the dark, I thought that was kind of cool. Maybe they're in love. <laughs> I guess. Oh yeah, good point. 
Um, I they're, will say that, like, they're, they're supposed to look like they're melting, but all I thought was that it's like, is the crew turning into boogers? Well, the other thing about that is if, if everything on the ship and all the people and all their stuff is made out of goo, then why aren't their clothes melting? It's just their faces. Yeah. I don't know. I had a I had a note that uh, they're supposed to be melting, but they all just look like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> No, they should they should look like uh, sick Odo, where like there's like weird oh, yeah. spots yeah. all over his clothes. I did like um, uh, Seven. Apparently, has like a weird metal skull under her like melty stuff, so that was kind of cool looking. What did they build that out of? More Space Jam? Yep, it's all just Space Jam all the way down. Oh my god, fuck this episode so hard. Well, that's the '90s for you. No. Over yes, overestimating but... the importance of Space Jam. <laughs> Uh, did, I, you know, maybe uh, if Michael Jordan had showed up to help these guys play a basketball game against the real Voyager crew, this might have been interesting. <laughs> but, uh, no, what you need is the Futurama version of the Harlem Globetrotters, then. Oh, yes. Bubblegum Kate the, will save us all. That spacefaring, you know, like hyper, uh, hyper competent astrophysics uh, version of the. Uh, I of the love Futurama's version of the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Um,. So, uh, oh, my good thing was, uh, well, I like the title. I like Course Colon Oblivion. Yeah, it's a real uh, Operation Annihilate style uh, title. Yeah, they seem to be doing a bit of those in Voyager of late, and I, I like that. I'm a fan. Yeah, the, Omega, the Omega Directive. directive. There, there was another one recently. I don't remember off the top of my head, but, uh, oh, no. Bride of Chaotica with an exclamation uh, There point. you go. Yeah. No, I would definitely slap an exclamation point on course. Oblivion. Yeah. But just uh, it, it just the, the title is no indication of quality, obviously. That is true. Ugh. Course boring bullshit. <laughs> yep. Boring bullshit that doesn't matter. Also, I was really upset because that that teaser with uh, uh Tom and Bellana getting married was like, "Oh, forward motion for the characters, oh, development." My God. A good scene where they like I like that whole scene actually. I love that scene so that is that scene is easily the best part of the episode. If I like it was yeah. it was gonna be my good thing until I fell in love with the horrible depressing ending. But <laughs> I love I love that they're just this this wedding came out of nowhere. Just this yeah. is just we're starting the episode. Like no one's talked about this. Like we never saw Tom propose or whatever or Bellana propose I guess. Um, but like we're just we're just in the middle of the wedding and. It's a really nice scene. It yeah. was a nice scene. I really like. It was a nice scene, but just fucking kill me if my wedding band is just one nerd playing the clarinet. Well, listen, <laughs> if uh, fucking Harry Kim shows up at your uh, up up for your wedding to toot his horn. Oh, and he was he was playing Heart and Soul, which I learned on the piano on like day three. That is mm -hmm. such an easy song to play. Yeah, you might as also well have been playing uh, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, Flunk, you know I uh, used to play the clarinet. All right. Show up at your wedding. Well, if you want to round up your uh, the the saxophone and the trumpet and all your other uh, high school band, uh... I'm still friends with I'm still friends with the saxophone guys. So yeah, I'll be your manager. I'll make millions. <laughs> Wedding nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. But the whole scene was cute. Like there's there's a there's a little aside where Seven says, "I would not have predicted them getting married. I would have predicted a homicide." <laughs> mm. 
and just a, a bunch of stuff like that. Like it was, it was very cute. Plus, we saw them in their dress uniforms. Which yep. have we seen the Voyager guys in their dress uniforms ever? Not that I, I don't think so. Like, there's been no occasion. Like, they're far from Starfleet, so it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no reason for it. But they don't go they to a actually... whole lot of ambassador parties anymore. Right. They're they're not at official functions at star bases for obvious reasons. Mm. So it, it was nice to see them in in different costumes. That was cool. But otherwise, you know, once we found out none of that mattered, and I know Tom and Bellana end up getting married at some point down the road, and I thought this might have been it, but no, nah, yeah. never mind. No, this was my question in here is like, so are Tom and Bellana actually married? I guess not. No, because these guys, everything they did, and actually they referenced uh, different yeah, planets that they visited the Voyager and yeah. visited. I was initially bitching about that because they do they that episode a few weeks ago with the doctors uh, where they try to wipe his memory thing, mm-hmm. uh, where they talked about oh this all started two years ago at a mission that you never saw. Yep. Like I thought they were doing more of that, like filling in the blanks. Well, that's with what a the bunch books of, are for, Al. Yeah, I, I understand that. But the show, if it's going to reference something from before, it should be something that happened. No, I agree. But in this case, it was because they went on a different... That was actually a hint that they were not the re- real guys, so that's mm. actually okay. Um, uh, I thought that uh, the honeymoon that Tom had planned would have been a lot of fun for Tom. Yeah, and yeah. Bob would just be like, wow, there sure is a whole lot of sexual harassment going on. Yeah, uh, take take a real big guess, audience. Guess uh, guess guess where he wanted to go. If you guessed twentieth century Earth, give yourself a gold star. Because mm-hmm. of course, he fucking did. Oh god. Hey, you know it'd be real fun for us to do is to go to twentieth century Earth. <laughs> if we go to my it. interest and don't do anything you like. Well, I mean, there was there was no really indication he even Tom asked Paris her than that. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, we only really saw them talking about it when she was on her deathbed. And she's like, yeah, that, that sounds eh. fun. I'm kind of glad I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Chicago in the 20s. R- really? Because there's a, literally a planet of that. Yeah. Like the Enterprise visited it. Like, Why do you want to go, go to there? Gangster World? I mean, yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, man. I, I wish I, Voyager would go to Gangster World. At one point, Tom says Earth has all the best vacation spots. And look, I love Earth, and there's huge, beautiful parts of it that I hope to one day see. But. If it's really the most beautiful thing in the entire galaxy, then ugh, like that's depressing. Risa yeah. exists, right? Like he's been oh, there. Yeah. Risa, yeah, but the sex planet. Like, but I'm on. talking about natural, like natural beauty, like mm. just awe-inspiring views and things. Yeah, there's got to be a planet of, like flying mountains or something, right? Yeah, well, fuck Matt's you favorite die. thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's that's an the... idea. Why don't you shut the fuck up, Flunk? How about that? All right, fair Whoa. enough. <laughs> Oh, boy. This is awkward for me. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, Flunk, I'm sorry. I love you. Aww. Of course you do. I tolerate you. Oh, Don't Al, make I out on a flying too. mountain. Ah! <laughs> you really hate flying mountains, don't you? I hate them so much. Fair enough. The, the flying mountain is just like it's the symbol of why I hate Avatar. Oh. And I fucking hate Avatar. Oh, yeah. We've, we've discussed that at length. Mm-hmm. We can talk uh, about it some more. There's not a whole lot of more meat on this bone. No, there's there's a bit. There's there's um Seven has a nice little speech about she doesn't see the point of monogamy, which I kind of liked. Oh yeah, no, that's a very Seven viewpoint. I actually but, like that like, conversation between her and Bellana. I yeah, me too. But it also felt like probably not intentionally, but it probably launched a whole bunch of like <laughs> uh, ex- extended fiction. Mm-hmm. 
she doesn't really see the point in one partner. Oh, I say. see. The collective, yeah. eh? Mm. <laughs> Borg ships are just constant orgies. That really speaks to me as a creep. <laughs> Nonstop borgies. No, oh, all right. Well, that's about enough of that. Yeah. Look. Something, something in input. Coach Z. Uh, what else? Uh, Marin's that was great. Yelling, yeah, there's, yelling. There's... Oh, oh, oh. Sorry, go ahead, Flan. Oh no, no. I was, I was gonna say how there's nothing, and you're about to say how there's something. So. Oh man. Okay. So fucking. How many people are dead that they put fucking Harry in charge of the ship? Oh god. Yeah. They made him king of the ship. Like, wh- are you kidding me? It was basically yeah, seven just him and Neil the end, right? Yeah. Uh, Which Neelix, by the way, using an engineering tricorder to uh, do medical analysis. So fuck Uh, you, Neelix. Medical tricorder. (laughs) See, I like I am not that level of nerd that I don't like. uh, He's holding the prop. Fine, whatever. No, but the medical tricorders have the little wand that you wave around. Eh, I just like I get you, and I understand why it's important, and I I want them to get it right, (laughs) but I don't notice that stuff. Mm But it's, it's not like he was like, I don't like he. No, no, I get it, and I'm not. I'm. It's not like I'm he was at the ops console, uh, pretending he was driving the ship. Like it was a, you know, it's a, no, I, it's it's the wrong prop. It's like he's. It's like he was analyzing her with a phaser. But that's the thing. If if it made the phaser noise, I probably wouldn't like. I'd notice, but I probably wouldn't care that much. Pew, it just, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things. I get it. And I'm, I'm seriously not calling you a nitpicker because that's not that nitpicky. But yeah. it just, it doesn't matter to me that much. I Probably because I don't watch as much as I listen. Yeah. Because I'm taking notes at the same See, time. this so is it's why probably, you're always uh, missing all the cool shit in the background, like that fan I hate. That's why I don't get as angry as you, because that fan just doesn't really show up on my radar. Oh, I do have this note uh, as we find out that these this isn't the real crew. This is a this is some real clone saga bullshit here. Uh huh. Yep. Just waiting for Harry Kim to run past in his blue in his blue hoodie. <laughs> hey, these guys you thought mattered they they're not. I'm real. the yellow spider thought they were, now. I thought they were. Oh god. I thought they were actually gonna say like I'm glad they didn't do this that the crew we've been following since the demon episode has not been the real Voyager. Oh, crew. that would have made me so fucking angry. I seriously thought that's where they were going, that the I last would, season like, didn't matter. That would have made me so angry, I would have just... That, I'd be done. No, it's you like, wouldn't. Okay, nope, that's it. Nope, no, Fuck you wouldn't. This. <laughs> Look, we're in this till the end, damn it. F- Fuck that, Flonk, you're the new co-host. <laughs> no! I, I still have another two years before Enterprise. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You called me out last week. I have to clarify something. Okay. Okay. The Borg episode of Enterprise is fantastic. It's a really (laughs) solid, like, horror action adventure thing. It's really good. And the Frankie episode... we meet the guys we've never met before for some reason. And the Frankie episode of Enterprise is possibly the worst episode of the entire franchise. Okay. I don't know about that. It's Look, I'm already starting to do my, my backpedaling thing I did for Voyager and, and say, okay, I, I take back everything bad I said. Well, Keeping I'll an wait open and see. mind. Yeah, but uh, it still sounds terrible on paper. But so did Bolana Catches Ponfar, and I like that episode. Mm, so yep. we, we'll see, you know? But on paper, it sounds terrible. Yeah. Oh, so when Voyager was, like, starting to melt, yes. one, one thing I did, like, there was some cool sound design stuff. Where uh, they say computer, and you get the usual chirpy noise. Yeah. But it was all weird and warpy. Where it was like, yeah, and Majel's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Like, it's it's just it, it's a super easy thing to do, but mm-hmm. I like a, a sound you've heard a hundred episodes in a row suddenly doesn't sound the same. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that, that's weird. That being said, the interiors of Voyager melting looked like shit. Yeah, that that is true. Yeah, yeah. It's they... like, I don't know, fucking uh, use the swirl filter on it. That should be fine. No, I I honestly thought there was an anomaly or something. The way they were showing like things wavering, I kind of assumed that's yeah. It was like that episode moment. where the ship was folding in on itself, and mm-hmm. right, yeah, yeah. It was very much like that. God, I did show. have a note near the end. I did have a note near the end. I mean, I guess I can watch Neelix and Harry die now, like I always wanted. Yeah. I mean, so they that's... exploded, but that's about it. I kind of yeah. want a better. I kind of want a more gory death from both of them. Nah, they get Tasha deaths. They get nothing. I don't know. I really want to see. Prime <laughs> Armist got a Tasha death. <laughs> yeah. I really want to see Neelix get an axe through the forehead. That sounds real nice to me. Yeah. We. This has been a very Neelix light season. I say that because now. Yeah, you're cursing yourself Neelix now. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Of course mm-hmm. I am. Why did I wish on that monkey's paw? <laughs> Why did I wish on that Talaxian's paw? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He becomes the chief medical officer in this episode, somehow. Yeah, sure, why not? Well, he he so dated I, Kess, who had nurse training, so yeah, I guess that makes go. him a doctor. I picked it up through osmosis. I guess. Oh, I made myself sick. Oh, God. But then he, then he immediately relieves Kate of duty. Like, yep. as medical officer, I can do that. Oh, this is why you don't give Neelix power. Ugh. He'll use it. I'm an ambassador, too. Ugh. I'm an embarrassment. there you go I'm an abomination I'm coming to your house after school you can't destroy me (laughs) alright I hate that freaking marshmallow (laughs) I hate that freaking hedgehog (laughs) anything else I hate that freaking Talaxian it's just like there's so much padding in in this episode like there's there's it's it's there's nothing to it well we we throw that word stakes around like what are the stakes of this episode who does this affect and the answer is nobody. zero Nothing none and no one <laughs> yeah it's just we got 40 minutes of airtime which we got to fill it with something uh-huh. that that's that's my biggest thing in the 50 year mission that like braga just straight up says this and i respect him for it but on the mm-hmm. other hand i want to slap somebody he's like well we had to we had to keep writing it like I wasn't. I didn't think we had enough ideas for a new show, but they wanted us to make Enterprise, so we had to do it. Mm. He straight up said before it even started, we didn't have enough ideas for a show. I mean, and they made it anyway. Like, why? I mean, I know why. But well, yeah, I why? Mean, like, that's the business, man. Yeah, you know? I know, but uh, uh. but they they but, like, well yeah they they tried to make a, a Star Trek movie for like three years before they actually did because they couldn't mm-hmm. get it right. Yeah, yeah. Just tell them that you're working on it, but the show's not ready yet. And the thing with Voyager, even, is like they're saying we kept getting pitches where we've done this before, we've done this before, and it was so hard to keep coming up with new ideas. Well, I mean, then why you know, are you still making a show? Yeah. I guess I it's mean, time I mean, to I mean, go I, do the the witch show or whatever the hell you're doing now. <laughs> Leave Star Trek. Whatever. Which, weirdly <laughs> enough, is full of bizarre science fiction concepts. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh all right. Anything else? Uh, no. Yeah. So these two sucked. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, my quote, which is just oh yeah, player quote. The one time yeah. that we uh, hear from our guys. Make a note in the ship's record. 
We received a distress call at 0900 hours. Arrived at the vessel's last known coordinates at 2120. The ship was destroyed. Cause unknown. No survivors. Yeah. So, like you said at the beginning part of your summary, this is really the only part that actually happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oy. This is Harry Kim with the Nostromo signing off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully it will get better from here. I mean, I say that with Flunk present, who will say, no, it won't. I, It'll I, get yeah. terrible. But Season 7 is, is oh boy. We've enjoyed the show more than you, though. So, you know. That's good. Mm -hmm. Like, for us, that's good. We got to sit through this. I'm glad I mean, we've enjoyed it more than we expected to. I mean, let's be honest. Season 5 has been a big step up. You, you know? still haven't met the I, Borg children. Okay, Dude. but so far, like, I I keep hearing about how Voyager ruined the Borg and ran them into the ground, but so far we've only gotten, like, one episode per season, and it's been pretty good so far. Yeah. Like, maybe they'll... We still got a two and a half seasons left, but so far, so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I change my bad thing? I didn't get into Naomi Wildman this week. I like her. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's always a bad thing when she's not around. Yeah. Oh, and it would have been real sad to watch her melt. Oh, God. That's a missed opportunity right there. Oh, watch her watch her melt like in her mom's arms? Yeah. We could we could totally just sit here and brainstorm ways to make this even more tragic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Missed opportunity there, Voyager. Yep. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing we want to see more than a precocious child we've grown to we've grown to love die arguably our our favorite character oh definitely my favorite uh, character yeah certainly my favorite new character i would definitely agree with that sure uh, all right anything else no nope flunk would you like to promote or plug anything oh i actually have two things um, so I think, yeah, I've got my, uh, my TV blog, um, why am I watching which I'm mm -hmm. reviewing the animated series right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you want to see me make dick jokes about Star Trek, that's the place to do it. And we then, do. um, I, I can't think of anything I want more. <laughs> you've been doing it for five years now. Um, and then I also recorded a couple episodes of an Arrested Development podcast, um, called I've Made a Huge oh. Mistake. And uh, we're doing this, but with rest of development. And uh, oh, yeah, so find that on your favorite uh, your favorite podcatching thing. Um, I don't know why you're not just hearing about this now. That's... Yeah, same, same. Okay. I feel like this is relevant to my interests yeah, in yeah, some dude, way. Absolutely you need, is. You need to promote more. Well, I, I've yes. only, it's just like this where, where my friends had a good idea and then I show up once a season. Ah, ah fair enough. Was this a good idea? Because I used to think it was. Now we're just pushing that rock up the hill. <laughs> yep. You, you've got. Oh, so, the... you like Star Trek, do you? <laughs> you've got that discovery light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe that's a that's that's. I mean, probably going to be good, but we mm -hmm. don't know that. I mean, the writer of Course Oblivion is running that show. I don't like the look of the ship either. <laughs> I think it's fine. I don't. I don't care about that. Like I so far don't, but we'll see. I didn't like the NX like, Enterprise originally, but I like it now, so. I don't like how gray everything is on Enterprise, but we'll get into that when we get to Enterprise. Yeah. You're a All prequel right. to the 60s show. Fucking 60s it up, assholes. Yeah. All right. That's all for this time. Next week, uh, no guests. No idea what the episodes are by title, but uh, can't possibly be as bad as this, right? They got to be better at least, right? Like, Ooh. one, one hopes. Maybe they'll at least be about the crew. <laughs> One hopes. Uh. All right, see you, folks.
The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this. <laughs>